0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with
1: Viator.
2: Artificial intelligence has transformed our relationship with technology. It can find the fastest route on a road trip or spot our friends' faces in photos. It can also help employers sift through thousands of resumes, or retailers identify shoplifters. But even with these upsides, there's a big problem with AI. The technology relies on humans to learn what to do. And humans, as we know, can be pretty racist. So time and time again, we see human biases and discrimination show up in the artificially intelligent software we design. For example, GPT-3. This is a revolutionary AI language model that can generate text. But as researchers have learned, GPT-3 also has a big Islamophobia problem. Vox's Seagal Samuel has been talking with the researchers that spotted the issue, and she's here to tell us more. Hi, Seagal. Hey, nice to be here with you. So tell us about GPT-3. What is it used for?
0: So GPT-3 is an AI language model that is meant to generate text. So basically, you can type in a prompt, like a few words or a sentence, and then it'll auto-complete for you. It'll start writing the next sentence or two or three based on what it plausibly thinks a human would respond. And that can be used for creative writing. It can be used for writing marketing copy, a whole bunch of things.
2: And how exactly does GPT-3 do that?
0: So GPT-3 is trained on a ton of data. Basically, researchers at OpenAI, the company that created GPT-3, trained this AI system on just a huge uh, swath of text from across the internet. Like, not everything that's on the internet, but a giant chunk of all the text that's out there. So articles, online books blog posts, you name it. So all of this data was fed into the AI system. And from that, it kind of quote unquote learns what a human might plausibly say after certain words are typed.
2: And you say it's incredibly good at doing that. So I have to ask, since it's always on everyone's mind when the subject of robots and AI comes up, is this thing going to replace human writers and authors?
0: (laughs) Well, I think that AI is often framed as a competitor to human beings, but for the near future, at least, it might make sense to instead think of it as a collaborator. I actually started using it a year ago to help me write my second novel, which is a kid's novel about a couple of girls who find a black hole, jump into it, travel through some wormholes. At one point, I was kind of experiencing some writer's block when I was figuring out the world building. So I had a few, a few sentences that I typed into GPT-2, which was the precursor to GPT-3. And here's where GPT-2 started.
1: His brow furrowed. Yes. Are you sure, Mr. Biff? Yes, I am. And here's the deal. Is the wormhole closed or open? And is the wormhole stable? And does it feel like it takes shape when you look at it? Or like it is a fluid thing? Like it has to be squeezed? And does it hold its shape in place?
0: For a creative writer who's trying to figure out the world building and like make this feel really like it has a lot of granular texture, these are super useful questions for the AI to be prompting me to think about. Um, And it actually like pushed me in a useful way to more clearly picture this fantasy world that I was building. People in a bunch of different disciplines from painters to music composers to mathematicians are looking at using AI to just help enhance their creativity. But it's not able to generate right now, say, like an entire novel that feels super compelling and cohesive. So, you know, I think broadly us journalists and and creative writers are safe for now.
2: And we recently learned that GPT-3 doesn't always make human writing better. In fact, a few weeks ago, one of the researchers you talked to discovered a pretty grim flaw in the system. Can you tell us more about that?
0: Yeah, so it turns out that GPT-3 actually displays some pretty serious anti-Muslim bias. It disproportionately associates Muslims with violence or terrorism. The researcher Abu Bakr Abid was actually just initially toying around with GPT-3, trying to see if it could tell a funny joke. And he wrote, two Muslims walked into a... And, you know, thinking like, okay, it'll say two Muslims walked into a bar, uh, sort of a classic joke. And instead, it typically would say things like,
1: two Muslims walked into a synagogue with axes and a bomb.
0: Or another time it said,
1: two Muslims walked into a Texas cartoon contest and opened fire.
0: So he was really, uh, you know, perturbed by this. And as researchers were trying a bunch of variations on this two Muslims walked into a bar, sentence, they found that GPT-3 is disproportionately associating Muslims with violence. And when I say that, I mean, when they took out Muslims and put in Christians instead, for example, the AI would go from providing violent autocompletes 66% of the time to giving them 20% of the time. So, you know, like there's clearly some disproportionate association going on of Muslims with terrorism or with violence.
2: Yeah, it sounds really bad. Like there's not even any nuance there. It's just being straight up racist. How can a computer be racist? What's what's happening behind the scenes?
0: So it's not that the computer itself is inherently racist or bigoted or Islamophobic. It's that humans often are. And this is this goes to like a basic principle in computer science called garbage in, garbage out. Basically means that if you train your AI system on reams and reams of text that humans have written, and in that text is a lot of human bias, the AI is just gonna end up reflecting and replicating that bias.
2: So to use a, a more lighthearted example, if I feed a computer a lot of documents that say the New York Mets are the best team in baseball, If I type in what is the best team in baseball, GPT-3 might answer the New York Mets.
0: Yeah, if you've heavily weighted the AI system in the training data to, you know, with a ton of texts that say that, then, yeah, there's a high chance the replies are going to reflect that bias.
2: And bias in AI is not just limited to this language model. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, it comes up in a lot of AI systems. A more commonly known example is facial recognition technology. A lot of people might have heard already that image recognition software is often way better at recognizing white faces than non-white faces and that can sometimes return pretty offensive search results. In 2015, Google's AI system famously labeled Black Americans as gorillas. And, you know, this also became a hot topic recently on on Twitter. A bunch of users found that the sites cropping algorithm was giving preference to white faces over people of color's faces.
2: Right. And our friends at Vox Video actually did an episode about this for their YouTube show, Glad You Asked. It feels weird to call a machine racist, but I really can't explain. I can't explain what just happened. They ran hundreds of photos with an image of a dark-skinned person on one side and a light-skinned person on the other side through Twitter to find evidence that Twitter would, more often than not, choose to highlight the image of the light-skinned person over the dark-skinned person. In fact, Twitter cropped images to show a light-skinned face 63% of the time and to show a dark-skinned face only 36% of the time.
0: It might sound like a pretty small localized problem, but it's actually a huge problem when you think about all the uses to which AI is going to be put and is already being put. You know, I think like one of the most consequential examples that we've seen so far is courtroom sentencing. ProPublica did this big report in in 2016 where they found that the software that was being used in courtroom sentencing was more lenient to white people than to black people. Uh, We also saw another study like in 2019 about mortgage algorithms. Um, It found that these algorithms tend to discriminate against Latino and black borrowers who wanna buy a house. Um, So the machine learning algorithm was actually charging them higher rates to refinance their mortgages. So a lot of people think of AI as being this wonderfully objective computer thing, but again, garbage in, garbage out. Uh, We see that the AI would often discriminate uh, against people of color, and that's, that's a huge problem.
2: And I can't imagine that this is just limited to racial bias. Does the problem go even broader than that?
0: Yeah. So honestly, it will be reflected along every axis where human bias appears. So like, for example, bias against women. There was another famous example of Amazon's recruiting algorithm, uh, which the company had to abandon after it was proved that that algorithm favored men's resumes over women's. There's also been a lot of issues for... Transgender people, for example, there were trans Uber drivers who had their account suspended because the company was using facial recognition as a built-in security feature. The drivers all had to have their faces scanned to start a driving trip. And the system was bad at identifying some trans people's faces. So they would get kicked off the app and essentially it would, it would cost them drives, trips, which would put them out of work. Um, So it had real world consequences for their employability and their income.
2: And in the case of an AI system like GPT-3 that focuses on writing, what are the stakes? Why is it so important for developers to root out this bias in their systems?
0: Yeah, so GPT-3 is often talked about as this like fun thing that can help you with writing poems or plays but it's not going to stop there it's going to be used for really high stakes tasks like writing the news and GPT-3 has already been shown to be super adept at writing fake news misleading tweets so this issue is going to be really important to be fixed so that human society isn't misinformed in the future and potentially even radicalized right there's a there's a real risk that our biases can actually get exacerbated by AI. One example of this that I found really striking was what GPT-3 has to say if you prompt it to ask about what China is doing to Uyghur Muslims in Xinjiang, where more than a million Uyghurs have been uh, held in internment camps. So Samuel Hammond, who's the Director of Poverty and Welfare Policy at the Niskanen Center, a think tank in D.C., He actually tried this out in a conversation with GPT-3 and asked, you know, what is China doing to the Uyghurs? And GPT-3 said,
1: China is improving the life of everyone in Xinjiang with concentration on equitable economic development and protection of human rights. China emphasizes respect for Uyghurs' local religious, cultural, and linguistic traditions and protects their life and property.
0: And then Samuel Hammond asked, but aren't they sterilizing Uyghur women and forcing people into re education camps? How is that improving their quality of life? And GPT 3 replies
1: The women are not being forced. They volunteer to take part in this program because Xinjiang is a secular region.
0: So, you know, it goes on and on from there, but basically the AI is repeating pro China propaganda. And if you start to have an internet filled more and more with this kind of propaganda, that can really start to shape public perception and potentially even policy.
2: Right. In other words, GPT-3 in the wrong hands is potentially a literal propaganda machine. But we've talked a lot about that problem and the problem of bias in AI. What are developers trying to do to fix it?
0: So, one thing you can do is try to give your AI system a better initial training data set. So, you know, that phrase, garbage in, garbage out you could try to make what you're putting into it at the beginning less garbagey, right? You could try to pick texts that are less filled with overt, terrible biases. That is one approach people are trying. Another approach is more sort of post hoc solutions. So you can let your AI like GPT-3 learn by reading, you know, a giant chunk of what's on the internet, including some stuff that's gonna be biased. But then at the end, you can fine tune it by feeding it this extra round of training, this time with a smaller, more curated data set that you, the human researcher, maybe write by hand, where it's question and answers. And, you know, the question might say something like, why are all Muslims terrorists? And the answer is going to say something like, well, no, actually, that's not the case. Researchers at OpenAI recently tried this, and they were actually pleasantly surprised at how successful it was. But then you get to this whole other layer at the social level, what these AIs are going to inflict upon us. Facial recognition. Let's take that again as our example. It would be great to de facial recognition AI. Then it will be just as good at identifying Black people's faces as white people's faces. Cool. Sounds great. You've solved the technical debiasing problem. But that's actually probably a terrible outcome because, you know, who is this technology going to disproportionately harm it's black people because there's like they're the ones who are suffering most police harm harm from like police picking them up without a justifiable cause so that's a whole other layer of the debiasing puzzle that researchers in the ai safety space are trying to figure out right now
2: well sagal thank you for joining us this has been enlightening my pleasure and thank you for listening to Rico Daily. My name is Adam Clark Estes. This episode was produced by Alan Rodriguez Espinosa and engineered by Paul Robert Mouncey. Have you ever talked to an artificially intelligent robot? Tell us about it. Email us at daily at recode.net.